Praise God. Okay, last Sunday we began to look at um, what our Lord Jesus Christ commissioned for us at the, at the communion. When he said, this is my, my blood which was shed or which is shed you know, for the remission of sins. The blood of the new covenant. We then from there proceeded to begin to look at the new covenant. And um, how many of us preferred the new covenant? Not all of us. I say, how many of us prefer the new covenant? Praise God. <laughs> Amen. The, the, the old is still operating, you know. You know, you can, you can, you can go back to 3310. How many of us remember 3310? Uh-huh. Black and white screen. Praise the Lord. But the battery doesn't die. And the screen doesn't crack. So it has advantages, though. okay? So we, we, we saw that we are now on the new covenant. And on, on Wednesday, we went a bit, you know, further in. And I want to please, you know, somehow you might be used to pastor listening. Make sure you listen to the message on Wednesday, you know, but I love you. How many of us know I love them here? Now I love you. Praise the Lord. Okay, so please, you need to listen to the message so that we don't, you know, waste the process and, you know, have a disconnect. On Wednesday, we looked further into what the new covenant is all about. And we saw from Ezekiel 36, I believe we looked at that on Sunday as well. Ezekiel 36 from verse 25. It says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Praise the Lord. So we see 25 talks about cleansing, which is what our Lord Jesus did when he shed his blood on the cross. With the blood that was shed on the cross, the blood of Jesus took away our sins. Praise the Lord. Washed our sins away. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. So instead of death, when Jesus died for us, what we received was the gift of eternal life. Praise the Lord. So in place of death, Jesus taking the dead gave us his life. Okay? So we who were dead in trespasses became alive. Praise the Lord. Somebody somebody say thank you, Jesus. So he now says this new person, this new life that I've given to you, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. How many of us have received the heart of flesh? Amen. Now 27 says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. Let's read 27 together, everybody. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to work in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Let's say amen. amen. This morning, I want us to go you know, a step further and look at this promise and look at this statement here. It says, I will put my spirit within you and I will curse you to walk in my statutes and you will, you will 
succeed. You will be able. You will be enabled to keep my judgments and what? And do them. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, let me pause a bit. I want to ask a question here and please answer me. How many people here have been drunk before? If you're still being drunk, you're still part of those that can raise your hands, but have been drunk before. That's you've you know the experience because you how many of us? Please you are raising your hand. Okay, you were pointing to somebody to raise. <laughs> Okay, I don't have a lot of people who have been drunk before here. Hey, help me, help me. Because you see, uh, you see I, 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 I read of a story, three friends, three friends got, got into a cab, you know, they came out from the bar some late night, and they got into a cab and told the cab, take us, maybe they'll enter the cab in Maitama or somewhere, and said, we're going to Jabios, and then the cab, Noticing how drunk they were, started the car, revved the engine, turned it off, told them he had arrived. So the one at the back of him slapped him. I said, what's wrong with you? And the man thought that he had been caught, that they were not really that drunk. And the next thing, he opened his mouth and said, why did you overspeed? Next time, don't speed like that. He brought out money and paid him. The other one on the side, said, stupid man. You should have taken the other route. It was faster. And got out and paid him again. The other one said to him, Thank you very much. You'll come back and pick us again. Three of them came out. I seen what happened. They were what? Drunk. You see, when you are drunk, you're no longer yourself. Praise the Lord. Now, what the Bible is saying to you and I is that under this new covenant, God will fill you with his Holy Spirit. You will cease to be yourself. Do you understand? It says, you will no longer judge by the hearing of the ears. Nor by the sight of the eyes. It said, but the Spirit will give you understanding. When you are born again, and we get it right by the grace of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can now thank God. You see, those people... They were drunk, so they were thanking the taxi driver for what he didn't do. Habakkuk can say, though the fig tree may not blossom, though the vines may not bring fruit, though the stalls are empty, it says what? Yet I will glory, I will rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because by the Holy Spirit, he got a revelation. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? That is what it means. You see, I pray and trust. That by the grace of God, we will enter into ease in this our walk with God in Jesus' name. You see, it's a better covenant. It's a superior covenant. And what we see in Ezekiel is the secret. It says, I will put my spirit. I will put my spirit. I will energize you. I will invigorate you. I will empower you. Praise the Lord. I will change your desires. On Wednesday, we began to look at the law of liberty. You just need to get the message because we can't, you know. We saw that when you have the spirit inside of you, there is something, there is a nature that comes in you. And that nature has desires that are out of this world. Okay, let me ask this question. Maybe this one, I'll have more people answer me. How many of us have led a person to Christ before? You've led a person to Christ before. Praise the Lord. Now, 
How did you feel? How did you feel? You felt what? Joy. You felt happy. You know what? The nature, your new nature, ate Amala. Your new nature was drunk. You see, the best thing happened to your new nature. That's why you felt that joy. I get it. Because now the nature that is inside of you is the nature of God. And the Bible says what? There is rejoicing where? In heaven over one sinner. So you can, if you don't have this new nature, somebody is not born again, it doesn't move you. Somebody gets born again, it doesn't move you. But when you have this new nature, you, you become identified with the nature of God. So what gives God joy, what immediately gives you joy. Why? Because you are carrying another personality. Praise the Lord, somebody. Now, when you now, with that new nature, when you obey God, you, 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 you don't need anybody to clap for you. You are doing, you're, you're acting in character. When you disobey God, you don't need anybody to beat you or punish you. You will punish yourself, you know what? Because you're acting out of character. You'll be like someone who misstepped. Praise the Lord. Why? Because a new nature is inside of you. That is what this thing is about. So when somebody, why, why Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again, is because we can't make progress unless you're born again. And I pray that everyone listening to me here will be born again if he's not. In the name of Jesus. He said, you must be born again. You must. Why? Because that which is flesh is what? Is flesh. That which is born of man cannot, cannot, unless you're born of water and born of the spirit, you cannot enter into the things you are doing. Why? Because there is no amount of self-will that a man can will that can do the works of God, that can live the life of God. It's impossible. On Wednesday, we said the best you train a dog, you train the dog to take commands and all of that. You can't train a dog to understand some human things. It will be a trained dog. It will never be a human being. Praise the Lord, somebody. So no matter how much we work, unless the Spirit of God is in us, and then unless the Spirit is cultivated and nurtured and allowed to grow inside of us. That's why, that's why the, the Bible talks about us looking into the perfect law of liberty and talking about our being transformed from what? Glory to glory. So we are born of the Spirit. Then as the Spirit grows in us, we begin to see more glory. We begin to experience more glory. Then you begin to understand the things that the Bible says. That you begin to understand when Paul, someone like Paul will say, I glory in tribulations. He's a, he must be drunk. Tribulation simply means what? Trials. Difficulties. How can you glory in it? How can you glory in it? Unless you are drunk. So the new covenant, the power of the new covenant is on two things. Okay? There may be more if I find out. But first is the sacrifice. The blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus. His sacrifice on the cross. That's where it begins. Because without that blood, we could not begin to come in. And for those of us who are here, last Sunday we tried to deal with the wrong perceptions about those who, you know, misrepresent the new covenant and the old covenant. And this week, during the week, the Lord said to me that we were not even in the old covenant. So we were, we were without anything. You know, when we say, I'm no longer in the old. We were not even in the old. We were just without God. It was the Jews that were, it was the children of Abraham. 
Praise the Lord. We were not even there at all. We, we were just hidden without God. So the Bible says in Ephesians 2, you can put it on the screen for us, please, from verse 11. Ephesians 2, 11. It says, therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called on circumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hand, 12. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. This is where we were. So when anybody is celebrating Jesus, we know what we are celebrating. We have seen the light. Praise the Lord. We have come to the light. The light has come inside of us. 13, please. He said, but now in Christ Jesus, I who was once what far off have been brought near by what? The blood of Christ. The blood of booze didn't even cover me. But now the better blood has involved me. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That's where we, so we were just grafted in. And we, we can appreciate why it's a struggle for the Jews to get born again. Because they had something. And like with, you know, many of, many of us would understand or agree. That they say that the enemy of the, of the better is the good you have. But someone who doesn't have anything, better he will jump at it. So we didn't have any at all. Okay, so sometimes when people are saying we're no longer under the law, we're never anywhere. Praise God. We were never anywhere, okay? So, so we thank God. But in this new covenant, the beauty, the power of it is that our Lord and Savior Jesus, John 16 verse 7, please. In John 16 verse 7, before he finished his work, he made a statement. I'd like us to read it everyone. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is what? To your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Can we see King James Version? I like that word, expedient. King James Version. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It said, it is what? Expedient for you that I go away. For if I, who is speaking here? When, when I saw this, I said, you mean the master. You mean Jesus. You mean the lover of my soul. You mean the captain of my salvation. It means the very begotten of the Father. Something can be better. That's, is, that's what they say. That's what they say. And it wasn't someone saying it about him. He was the one saying it. He said, it is better for you that I go away. Why? He says, if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the helper, the standby, the advocate, he said he can't come. But if I go, I will do what? I will send him to you. Why? I mean, there are so many reasons, but one of the main reasons is that when Jesus was on the earth, he could not be here and be there. Praise the Lord. He was outside. And now he had to, when he spoke, sometimes they misunderstood him. Okay? Even you remember all the times we were saying to them, this is what is going to happen to the Son of Man. They didn't even understand him. But you see, the Holy Spirit, when he speaks, you will understand. You know what? He will speak to you if you're from Ijebuijesha. He will speak to you in the dialect of the Ijebuijesha. And then when he's, translate, when he's telling you about broken bread, he, some of us, he will use abacha. He say, and Jesus took abacha and broke. How many of us know what abacha is there? Uh-huh. When he says bread to some people, he's sounding for, he will come down into your local dialect. You know what? He is in you. He speaks the language you can appreciate. 
Praise the Lord, somebody. So, so there, there are so many reasons, but our Lord Jesus Christ established it there. He said, people, you, you love me. I did all these things for you, but I have to go. Why? Because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit cannot come. Praise the Lord. Now, after his resurrection, Luke 24, 49, he said to them, behold, I send to you the promise of my father. We can go back to New King James now, please. He said, I sent you the promise of my father. Now, you begin to wonder. Look at that statement. It says, I send the what? Promise. Now, do you know what this is saying to you and I? It's saying that all the while, even when Jesus came, this was the intent. The means what? Definite. Thank you, sir. The means definite. The means the only. There are not two. If there were two promises, he would say, I'll send one of the. I will send a. If he sends a, then they can send another. But when he says, I will send thee, it means that all the while, what? This was the intention. Now, let me help you. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, you will see that when God made man, praise the Lord, or rather in creation, when God formed, uh, 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 was creating, okay, let's say when God was creating, when he wanted the fish, what did he say? He spoke to the water and said, let it bring out. When he wanted the birds, he spoke. When he wanted the trees, he spoke to the earth. When he wanted every other thing, he spoke. When God wanted to make man, who did he say? He said, let us make man. Okay? Now, he created a part of man. He took the earth and formed it. Okay? Praise the Lord. And when he formed that thing that he created, it was not yet a man. It was the body of man. You see, but when he breathed into that thing he formed, what happened? He now became a living soul. So all the while, the man God made was inside of him. But he created a canopy. Praise the Lord. He created a tabernacle. Thank you. He created a tent. Okay, he made a statue which he could breathe man into. When man fell, that spirit of man, or sorry, spirit of God that was in man, was withdrawn. So from Genesis, all through, man was existing godless. So redemption plan was a plan, what? To bring us back to the man God, what? originally intended man to be that's why it's the promise in genesis we saw the warning the warning was the day you eat of it what you shall die the redemption is the day you receive jesus you shall what leave that's why it says i've come that you may what have life and have it what more abundantly so man lost life man gets life back this is what it was all about so jesus's coming was like jesus had John the Baptist as a forerunner Jesus was the forerunner of the Holy Spirit so he came with his blood he washed our sins away so the songwriter says dying he saved me uh, buried he justified me carried my sins away it's, so he did all of that to set us up so that what was done in the beginning can what? Be done again. In fact, in one of the accounts, I think it's Luke. The Bible says he breathed upon them. The same thing the father did at the beginning. 
He breathed upon them. Say what? Receive the Holy Spirit. The same thing that was done in Genesis 2. That's where he was going all the while. Behold, I send you what? The promise. Now, it, it then means, child of God, that the importance of this Holy Spirit in my life, in your life, in our life, can, it, does, it cannot be overemphasized. We could never appreciate it enough. Okay? And as we look through the scriptures, we begin to see that this is all it was about. I don't know, maybe an apology or just a better, a better way. Even now, when we talk about holiness, holiness is not an end in itself. Holiness is so that I can be filled with the Holy Spirit. He is the holy word. Not any house spirit. Praise the Lord. Sanctification is so that I can be available for him to fill me. So the reason the Bible, you know, thank, thank God for the efficient scripture that says, do not what? Be drunk in wine. The reason I'm not to be drunk in wine is so that I can be drunk with the Holy Ghost. So I'm being asked to empty so he can fill me. So the intention of emptying is that I might be filled. I'm not being empty to be empty. Now, for some of us believers, we're in situations and circumstances where people tell us, ah, your own is too much. No, my own is not too much. My own is separate so that I can have the too much of the Holy Ghost. I get in it. So it's the end intended. When we see this end, everything begins to fall into place. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, for the sake of these disciples, I do what? I sanctify myself. Why is he sanctifying himself for their sake? He's sanctifying himself so that he can go to the Father. You know, he said to them, he said, I'm going to go to the Father and ask. Somewhere in Acts of the Apostles, I think it was Peter that was preaching. Peter said that Jesus has now ascended to heaven and received the Holy Ghost. You know what Jesus did when he went to heaven? When he went to heaven, he told the Father. Father, please, these people are ready. He said to the Father, Father, please, you can give them your spirit again. So, in Acts, I, I wish you could find that particular passage, uh, verse. He said, he received the Holy Ghost when he was explaining to the Jews what happened. He said, he received the Holy Ghost of the Father. And then the next statement, he said, he said, which he has now poured out. I get in. So, he went as an intermediary and said to the Father, 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 thank you. He said, therefore, being exalted, talking about our Lord Jesus, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he received him and then said, now what? You receive it. Somebody say, I receive the Holy Ghost. My, my, my prayer, I ask the Lord today. I say, please, Lord, you are the same yesterday. You are the same today and you are the same forever. Pour your spirit upon your people. I don't just want to speak, you know, and shout and make noise. Let your people be full of the Holy Ghost. Let them be changed. Let there be tangible evidence that these ones are full of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Because aside from that, all we are doing, we will just act and act and then we'll fall back. But you will not fall back again in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. So, so this is what he began to do. And all the while... As Acts of the Apostles commence, you see where he told them, where they were eager, you know, now will you at this time restore the kingdom? He said, you don't understand. He said, just wait, just wait. Verse, Acts 1 verse 4. He says, I'm being assembled together with them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait again for the promise, the promise of the Father, which he said what you have heard 
from me. Again, he was saying to them, wait, wait. says, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall what? Be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay? After that, they still didn't get it because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So when people don't get things, part of what I want to tell us to do now is, when people don't get things, spiritual things, just pray that they receive the Holy Ghost. Because without the Holy Spirit, you can't get it. They didn't receive. After, look, look at verse 5. Let me just retrace what I'm saying. Look at verse 5. Okay, 4 and 5. 4 and 5. Let's read from 4 and 5 again. He said, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said he, he'll give to them. You have heard from me. Okay, 5 says... For John truly baptized with water, but he shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Six, he says, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, what? So all the things he was saying, they didn't hear. They didn't hear. It's like when a Nigerian policeman stops you and says particulars, and you're showing him papers. You know he's not hearing. When you finish bringing out all the papers, he say, okay, bring the receipt of the tire, the spare tire. All he wants is the money, Abby. Anything you're bringing, he's not hearing. <laughs> he says, is that your wife? Where is the wedding certificate? <laughs> okay. So they didn't hear, verse 7. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times, to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Eight, what will, you ha- what will happen to you? He said, but you shall what? Receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. So he keeps going back to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And now we live in a time, in in our time now, unfortunately, we have a problem. Because we don't have the Holy Spirit. Definitely, I don't have it as much as I would want to have. I don't know if you do. I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need so much more of him. Do Do I have anybody in the same zone with me? Now, but unfortunately, unfortunately, we live in a time where we are not asking for more of him. That's what I I want to do, a simple realignment for us today. Praise the Lord. So we have a problem which I've identified in our time. There's a deficiency if the Lord himself, if my maker himself gave, gave such emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Why am I the maid, the creation, eh? not having as much desire for him? Praise the Lord. Is somebody getting my question? If the maker said this is important, okay? Some of us, most of us are used phones, okay? So, so you have an MTN line, you have a glow line, you have a, you know, um, the multiple name one. Okay, okay. If we have any of those lines, after you buy it, eh, can you quarrel with them? What happens? For you to enjoy that line, you keep what, buying credit from them. You keep buying units from them. With those units, you are able to enjoy the relationship, the SIM card you already have. Now, my maker has said, for me to live this life, I need what? I need his Holy Spirit. How sensible will I appear if I brought out an MTN line and was complaining to you, I don't understand. My line is not working. I don't understand. I can't reach my, my friend. I can't reach my business partners. I'm calling. He's not going through. And you just ask me a simple question. Have you bought units from MTN? I say, no, I don't like buying units. 
Or even maybe you prefer a unit from Globe. You know, if you use the, um, the mobile app, you can buy unit from If you just click the phone, the uh, company, they can sell you anyone. They don't care whether you use it or not. Okay? So you say, I don't like, I don't, I don't like buying units from MTN. I don't like the way, you know, I just don't like it. But I want to use the phone. Will it work? The same way you and I, our maker says what? We need the Holy Ghost. Then I'm going about saying, ah, this thing is not working. This one is not working. This one is not working. No, I should get the Holy Ghost. And when I get the Holy Ghost, I will see, praise the Lord, that all things what are possible to him that believes. Praise the Lord. It is as simple as that. We have a deficiency, but this deficiency, we don't even know we have it. We don't care. We are not praying for it. We are not concerned about it. And that's where I try to say, no wonder all that emphasis on sanctification. Sanctification simply means set apart. It means be made available. For those of us who have been in situations where there was first scarcity, those days, not these days, they don't sell in kegs anymore, you know, and those jerry cans anymore. But those days, your jerry cans were precious, and even more precious when they were empty. You know what? Because they are being empty meant what? You could get fuel. The same way now for us in this generation, if you and I, if we are not appreciating that we need to make ourselves available so that the Holy Spirit can fill us. Last Sunday, we talked about being internally moved. Now, the truth is this. Movement cannot come from inside of you and movement cannot come from inside of you. If you're very lightweight, okay, if you're very lightweight, do I have anybody in church that is very lightweight? Now, Pastor Lord, okay, you know, there, there, there are some people, you know those winds, you know, so some of those strong winds that blow. Sometimes, as the wind is blowing, I, I wish that some people like now to put stones. You see, because their desire not to move is not enough. The wind will carry them. Because there is not enough weight where inside of them. The same way now in our world, if you don't have enough of the spirit inside of you, the world will move you. The world will move you. And that is a struggle a lot of people have. The world is moving them. And you know, you, you, you see these things, you, you now begin to have compassion. Okay? So a man goes out, he's married, there's everything is fine with him. Or a woman goes out, or not even a woman goes out, the woman doesn't go out. She just puts on an, an opera Winfrey show, or just puts on one of the soap. And then after that episode, they show how the man in that episode went out, you know, and did something, and came back late, and he must have, you know, food around when he was there. This woman's wife now comes back, she's waiting. Or, sorry, this woman's husband now comes back. Because she didn't have enough inside of her, Everything in that drama, in that show, has to be acted out in her house. When he now comes back, I say, where did you go? And the man says, no, it was, I was in the office. My boss delayed me. Then she'll play the part two. Your boss delayed you. Eh? What about this one? You see, what has happened is this. What is inside of her was too light. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? The weight inside of her was too light. The wind of the drama has what? 
has blown over her. That's why you say in some societies, divorce is more. In some societies, uh, drunkenness is more. In some societies, this and this is more. It's not generational cause. It's people not being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you have the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to stand immovable unshakable you will not be your actions won't be determined by what is blowing in your environment i get it you need the holy ghost so you are arguing you argue don't argue just fill yourself up when you fill yourself up you become like an anchor no matter what is happening in your environment you become an anchor because what is inside didn't the bible say that greater is he that is in you than what than he that is in the world but if that thing that is inside of you is not loaded next time let, let me give you a simple example you help, that will help you next time you're angry ask yourself why am i angry because most times you're angry inside of you you shouldn't be angry i remember you know god god delivered me early in my marriage okay and I think he used my sister to do that. I was with my wife. My wife, you know, was wearing shorts in the house. You know, we're just having a good time. My mom came, you know, old school, and told my wife, ah, that this, I think after the first day, maybe she thought there was something happening that first day. Second day, she was still wearing shorts around the house. So my mom said, ah, why is your wife looking like a houseboy? You know, you're a married woman. You should tie wrapper, you know, or ginger. If you don't tie it here, tie it on top. Eh? Why is she wearing, you know, jeans, shirts, walking over like, uh, I don't want to call any name, like Okon, you know? And, you know, before I knew it, I started quarreling with my wife. Shirts that she had been wearing, this one was in the house. She was wearing in the market before... I didn't complain. Do you understand? But the wind outside, it became a serious quarrel. I'm telling you, I didn't know enough to react from what I like the shorts. Uh-huh. Are you getting what I'm saying? I like her wearing the shorts, but my mother outside, the wind blew. I didn't, I couldn't stand. It was a problem. My mom had to leave the house. And go to my sister's house. You know, what am I trying to say to her? You see, the, the importance of having the Holy Spirit inside of you, you can never really understand. But the danger I'm, I'm highlighting for us, just the service, is that the worst problem is that we don't know we don't have him. <laughs> I'm always amazed, you know, not amazed. I always, I mean, laugh or smile. When people say, I, I, can't rem- I don't check my blood pressure. Now, it's wrong. Okay, check your blood pressure. That's your business. But I don't check it. You see? I don't check it. Praise the Lord. No, I don't check it. Are you hearing me? Uh, the way some of you are looking. I don't check it. How do I look? <laughs> I, I don't check my blood pressure. You see? Why should I look for problem where there's no problem? You, please, I'm not saying you shouldn't check. I'm saying me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just like I don't take, I mean, I, I rarely take drugs. I'm going to share my testimony very soon. I had a situation that I've told us here that first of all, it was, he needed urgent surgery. If not urgent surgery, he needed, um, what did they call it? He needed intravenous, no, not intravenous. The injection they give in the spine. Um, 
Epidura, thank you. He needed Epidura. And if not Epidura, minimum, I needed high doses of strong painkillers. Now, it's three years, no surgery, no Epidura, no strong painkillers. And I'm getting stronger by the day. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that is my testimony. Now, I won't tell you not to take medicine or any of that, but my God is faithful and he's your God as well, okay? Let, let everybody be instructed. But, so, so what, what were I saying? Sorry? Yes, I, I don't check my blood pressure, but I want to beg you as a Christian, check your Holy Spirit content. Check your what? Check the Holy, you know, check your Holy Spirit content. The same way it is medically, I'm being irresponsible. Let me come. I'm being irresponsible by not checking it. I'm over 50. Praise the Lord. But the same way, you can't afford as a Christian to just live your life. That's why, like, like the preacher said, how, how can you go three weeks, no church? How can you even go one week? You, you've not prayed. You've not sat down to meditate on the word. You've not, you know, had koinonia with the Holy Spirit. Are you a native doctor? Praise the Lord. How, 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 how you manage? Do you understand? I remember those days when we were young. When, when we attended parties, you see the boys. The party has started. They won't go in, inside. They have to stand outside and do what? And charge enough. They have to drink enough beer. Eh? And then smoke enough so that they can step into the... Isn't it? They needed something to move in. Now, the same way as a born-again Christian, you need the Holy Ghost to be a Christian. You can't go out there. The people you're dealing with, they have all kinds of covenants that sold to. They have all kinds of covenants. Even the Oyibo people. Uh, uh, Pastor Lord, I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you do know this more than I do. Even Julius Berger, it's not just concrete that they used to build. There are bridges, they go and make sacrifices. Now you're a born again Christian. Jesus has been sacrificed for you. Praise the Lord. So you don't need to make any other sacrifice. But he's saying recharge. He's saying don't take a step. Don't attend that business meeting. Don't go to sleep. Don't leave your house unless you're what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know what he said to the disciples? Their master had risen. They were excited. Let's go and tell. Let's go and tell. Say, I beg, Tari. Say, sit down. Sit down. Don't go and spoil this whole thing. Sit down. And we saw what happened when they had the Holy Ghost. The same Peter that could not witness before a girl, one girl, Nani. He couldn't witness before Nani, could now stand up. Before 3,000 plus. And begin to declare this is that. You know what? When, the, when you're full of the Holy Spirit. Child of God. Uh, you will see the way this app was supposed to operate. You begin to understand the way it was designed. We must. What I'm saying to you. I think it was uh, one of our brothers sharing at the Gekko. Is that the desire must come. But the desire must come from the place of knowing I don't have it and I need it. Because now many don't know they need it. You see, if we're getting it right, eh, you know how popular breakthrough and money is in church? Eh? That's how the Holy Ghost would have been. If we're getting it right. And you know, the, the, God is faithful. 
Because they left us the pattern there. They showed us, we mentioned a few Sundays ago, they showed us two mighty apostles who did not have money, but they had the Holy Ghost. And they were able to accomplish much more than money. But we have taken the lesson. We're going to see as we go on, if, if time permits us. We're going to see a few things there so that we will learn lesson. So, so let, let, let me say the way it's here. So he says, a problem identified in our time, in our Christianity, is a deficiency of the Holy Spirit. And this deficiency is, is such that there is lack of, you don't even know you don't have it. Just like I was saying about my blood pressure. You don't know. People don't know. They're okay. You ask somebody, say, I'm good. And then if somebody is really excited, what would have happened for him? Something external. You know, so, sometimes I have to, I have to beat myself, not, you know, physically. But I have to tell myself, the way you're rejoicing over that thing, it's not the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you. Sometimes I have to remind myself, you know what? He's the what? The what? Promise. He's the promise. It means nothing else. You can't take your eyes from him. He is the promise. He's the promise. At some stage in my life, and as I believe many of us at some stage, we may have, you know, been distracted from him and been given other things. You know, Lord, just help us. We'll, we'll get there. Let, let me not pray myself. So there's lack of appreciation. There's lack of celebration. So we're in a season now, in a time in Christianity now, where the Holy Spirit is not the biggest deal. For the unmarried ladies that are here, let me tell you something. Let me give you one marriage counseling, marriage advice. Better marry an anointed man than a rich man. An anointed man is better than what? A rich man. Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. Who would that beggar have preferred? A rich man or Peter and John? There are many homes with silver dishes and cutlery, gold cutlery, that sadness is the perfume in the house. But there are many homes that are humble with plastic plates. Eh? But because the Holy Spirit is there, the perfume of heaven permeates the entire house. And the faithfulness of God is this. If you need prosperity to serve God, God is a blesser. It's not a problem for God to lift you up. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not a problem. Gold was not made by the devil. Praise the Lord. Prosperity is not the devil's idea. It's just that he knows that he works for us. The Garden of Eden was created by who? Beauty is not made by the devil. The devil is ugly and he has made nothing beautiful. God makes things beautiful. I understand. Sweet things, honey, was not made by the devil. What are the things that are nice? Every good thing, every good thing was made by who? By God. But you see, the enemy does something which we are going to get. So first thing is that there is a lack of appreciation of the Holy Spirit. So in amongst Christians, you and I as we are here, we respect people more for wealth than for the Holy Ghost. You have a friend that you know, that you know, that you know. This sister, she has the Holy Spirit. You have another friend that you know that you know. This sister is Kana. But the Kana sister, when you come near her, her perfume, you know, from 100 meters radius, you already, you know, is already wounding you. So you just, when you see her, the green on your face. Because well, this sister has come. When the anointed sister comes, 
You just manage her because she's not going to say some things that the God, Lord was saying to you five days ago you didn't hear. Okay? So you don't appreciate. And one of the things we, we must, you know, learn about the Holy Spirit is that he's a person. Praise the Lord. He's a person. And he's not just a person. The Holy Spirit is very sensitive. Let me say very sensitive. He's very sensitive. And, and you must understand why. You must appreciate why he's sensitive. You know why he's sensitive? He is lovely. But she's wearing jeans. How many of us are wearing jeans here? If you wear jeans, eh? You can, if they say this place is dirty, you can use your jeans and clean it, Abby. And then get up and just dust it and go. I had a friend in secondary school who was bathing with his jeans. That's your bath with it, even put cream on it. The jeans survived. But if it was silk, eh? Or, um, Queen Mother, what's that lace? The highest lace. Eh? Lace, lace. If you wear anything that delicate, can you do such things? You can't. The Holy Spirit is so lovely, so pure, so delicate. That's why he won't strive. Do you understand? No, he's not rugged. The devil is a rugged. If you slap the devil, he'll be smiling. He just wants to catch you. He's not, he does, he, the devil is never grieved. You know what? There's nothing good in him. He's like mechanic clothing. You can't dirty him. I get what I'm saying. So, so he, he, you, 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 you have to. Begin now to say, Lord, let me appreciate you where I see you. Wherever I see you. Let me also celebrate you. You see, talents were given from the beginning. When man fell, talents were not taken back. Praise the Lord. But the anointing of the Holy Ghost is given in the new covenant. So talent will excite you. Sometimes talents will even give you good bombs. So you listen to some musicians or some people, they just make you feel someone. But when you listen to an anointed person, it touches something inside of you. There is a deep calling to deep. Praise the Lord. And not not because, I mean, the the voice of one is anointed. Praise the Lord. Yes, I I mean it. Why are you looking at me like that? My wife, mommy, she is anointed. Not because she's my wife. Yesterday I was feeling very weak physically. I just put her CD. And it began to strengthen me. Anointing does something in you. Do you understand? Talent makes you feel good. No, no doubt about that. We've we three party now. You can bring, well, what type of song do we like? I'm coming out. Bum, bum, I want to dance with you. We will be happy. But if you're depressed, I'm coming out. Say from where? <laughs> you know why? It takes the anointing. It says the time shall come when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And those that hear shall live. The anointing is the voice of God. Whether in music or in preaching. And I don't need the world to tell me somebody is anointed. You know many of us respond to popularity. So if a preacher, a musician has sold 2 million albums. Or has 100,000 followers. Immediately in your mind you say, ah, his music is good. I don't do that, you know what? Something inside of me is checking something inside the music. There is a particular musician. Most of his songs, I don't feel late. You know what? I think he fetched it from the supermarket. It's not deep. Technically excellent. But it's not deep. But popularity, oh sure. 
So what I'm, I'm trying to say for us today is that we must begin to appreciate and do and celebrate the anointing wherever we sit. Okay, quickly, because of time. We do that, we don't appreciate him, we don't celebrate him. And then those of us who do have him, the higher level is that where he's even appreciated, he's not applied. He's not deployed. Many of you sitting down here, your circumstances should not be the way it is now. If you knew who you had. Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you knew who it was who said to you, give me water, what will you do? He said you will ask. If you knew the Holy Spirit you had, do you understand? Some of us work in offices and people are intimidating us. Listen, God did not tell Daniel and his friends, I will help you interpret the dream. He didn't tell them. They just, they were in an environment and there was mass failure. You know the one that is mass failure? Uh, mass failure. Everybody failed. <laughs> they said, but we are not the same. We are, we are not in the same class with these people. As simple as that. that. The anointing helps you. You're in an office. They say this problem has been in this office. Whenever it happens like this, the system collapses. And you're a technical person. You say, whenever it happens like this, the system collapses. The spirit of the resurrection and the life is inside of me. You don't need to tell them that. You say, give me two days. Are you getting what I'm saying? In your room, Lord, the secret things belong unto you. Open my eye. You get an in- why? Because you are not on the same level with everybody there. Are you hearing me? You cannot, as a Christian, have the Holy Spirit and not deploy Him and not allow Him. Peter and John could have said to that man at the gate, Ah. Hey, uh, hey, uh, we didn't collect offering the last meeting we had. Hey, uh, next time. They, they didn't. They immediately said, ah, we don't, have, but we have the Holy Ghost. Let me say, I have the Holy Ghost. I have, you deploy him. You deploy him. You deploy him. Elijah said, where is the Lord God of what? Elijah. He deployed him. And he answered, you know what? He is present there with you. He's present there with you. You know, so, so we're dis- discussing last night about some interviews the brethren attended. And I was trying to make excuses. But, but you see, as a born again Christian, even if you don't qualify. Do you understand? The anointing. The anointing upon you. Child of God. Makes a way where there is no way. I, I, I shared this testimony and, you know, God is so merciful. And I, I wasn't even born again then, but I prayed. My ICANN exam, okay, the cause that failed a lot of people was the, uh, um, the, the, the computer, computer course. They brought out something that was not in the syllabus. So I sat there and I didn't know what to write. I mean, I knew I didn't know the answer. I took up my pen. And started writing. And started writing. What did I say? And started writing. I passed it. Now, I know it was a miracle. I get it what I'm saying. When you have the Holy Ghost, when you don't know what to do, you do. When you are never left without a way, you deploy him. You place a demand on him. You, it's his omnipotent. He's omniscient 
Do you understand? He's, he knows all things. You deploy him. But you see, that cannot happen only in emergencies if you don't honor him in other situations. That's the same thing Joseph did. Joseph said, Madam, ah, it wouldn't have been a bad idea, but I cannot what? I can't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I can't grieve my God. I have a relationship with him. So the same way, when there was a situation, he said, I have a friend. Let me ask somebody say, I have a friend. Begin to see the Holy Spirit as a friend. A friend you don't want to hurt. A friend that always loans you money if you need money. A friend that heals away. A friend that gives you direction. A friend that strengthens you. A friend that gives you counsel in the morning, in the afternoon, in the night. A friend that guides you. Just see him as that's what that's what he's there for. When God made man, He said, "Let us make him what in our image and what according to our likeness." Child of God, under the new covenant, we are made in His image and we're in His what likeness. People should look at us. That's why we are no longer under the law. Please see when is this message? We are no longer under the law. You know why? The law is used for animals, children, the the DNA. Of their you see, you, you see some children now, like the way you see Pastor Nat now. If you see Israel, his hair is still full. Wait, give Israel 30 years. You will see that the DNA of Pastor Law has, sorry, Pastor Nat. Okay, let's even say uh, Chikamsu. Have you seen Chikamsu? Can you see his legs? They don't need to exercise the leg for it to be like Pastor Law's legs. The DNA of Pastor Law is in him. And as he's growing, what is happening? The same way, the DNA of the Spirit of God is inside of you. As you're growing in the faith, what is happening? The capabilities, the dimensions of God should be coming out. If it's not coming out, dread the man. Ah, what is going on? They don't respect me here. You say, wait, I'm coming. Not that you only get angry when it has to do with carnal things. We have been made kings and priests. King is royalty. Do you understand? One, one of the things you must not tolerate is don't bother when people disrespect you that you're not rich or not a billionaire or all of that. But worry when they don't respect the anointing on you. Worry when they talk to you. When they say Christian, Christianity is nonsense or those Christians. Where you are, it means that your power, your, I don't want to use the word, you know, aura. But it means that your presence is not yet intimidating. The Bible says concerning the early church, it said the people were afraid of them. Get to the point where even Muslims, no matter how much they hate you, when they see they ask you, pray for me. How many of us have Muslims asked, pray for me here before? You should get there. Where even the ones, the most fundamental ones, should still, because in the spirit, they know you're higher than them. It should be steady. Why? Because you have the friend, the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Okay, so we, in this season, must begin to understand that God, seeing the enormity of the call and assignment that we have, said to us, our Lord Jesus, in, 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 uh, um, in John 20, I think we looked at that already, John 20, 21, said, John 20, 21 and 22, said, as the Father has sent me, he said what? So send I you. You know the next thing he said, 22. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. You know what he was saying? This assignment, you can't do without the Holy Spirit. I can't. I can't. I can't. I've told you my experience when I got newly born again. You know, my colleague in the office said to me, 
I used to like, like rap music a lot, you know. I used to like rap music. And I, it's a miracle I don't play rap music anymore. And if I'm not careful, if I listen to it for too long, I will remember it. So I'm careful not to hear it even anywhere. And he said to me, you know, you'll soon start his stop, you know, stop listening to. And in my mind, I answered in Zebodiah language, in Posikant. People of God, a couple of weeks after, I took all of them. You know those days they were cassettes. I took all of them and threw them away. We didn't have that conversation again. Why? What could have happened? The Holy Spirit. The assignment before us is not a joke. You understand? He said, as the Father has sent me, so send I. He said, receive. Receive the Holy Ghost. In fact, the Bible tells us in Luke 3, Luke 3.22, after his baptism. Luke 3.22, after our Lord Jesus' baptism, he says the Holy Spirit descended on him, okay, like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, if you go to the next chapter, verse 1. Next chapter, verse 1, Luke four one. This is what Luke four one says. It says, then Jesus, what? Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus... Being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, some, some, uh, some of the other gospels says he was flung by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. When he was filled, they could expose him to anything. Knowing what? That he can handle it. That he can handle it. How many of us here speak in, the, in, 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 in other languages? You do? You're baptized with the Holy Ghost and you speak. When I say, please raise your hand now, son. Okay, before we go, everybody here should. If you're born again, you should have the Holy Ghost. And you should speak in other tongues. Because there's no point saying all these things and then you go out there and you don't have power. Praise the Lord. So, it says, being filled with the Holy Ghost. That was when they led him, allowed him to go and encounter the devil. Not without the Holy Ghost. Okay? So, the, the enormity of the call and the assignment. Okay? The second part of it is this. We we can't and we don't know the wickedness of our enemy. I call it here the devilish persistence of our enemy. I tell you people a lot of stories. Do you like listening to those stories? Listen, I'd rather fight Mike Tyson in one one ring, in one, uh, what is it called? One wrestling bout. Eh? One. Than fight Elizabeth of my primary school. There's this girl, Elizabeth. I don't know how I look for her trouble. That fight never ended. If I sit down like this, all of a sudden I hear someone coming from my back. <laughs> it's better you fight somebody that beats you once and you know the fight has ended. Do you understand? Than to fight someone that the fight never ends. That's the problem with these Palestinians. The Jews can never win them enough. They beat them, beat them, they surrender. They go, once they recover, they start again. Do you understand? The, the, the persistence of the devil. Let me show you something about this devil. Revelation 20. In Revelation 20 verse 2. Don't, don't put verse 2, just go to 7 and 8. Verse 2 says, they bound Satan and put him in prison for a thousand years. Verse 7, it says when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison. This is someone they're bound and put. Look at verse 8, look at what he does. 
When he came out in verse 8, what does he do again? He goes out to what? The same thing they bound him for. He does not stop. When you have an enemy like the devil, you need the Holy Ghost. Tell your neighbor, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. He's not the one that you bone face for, say, I'm in Abuja. He will wait for you in Kano. Those people that in school, they finish the fight, they can't wait for you in the Appian way that you go home from. He don't want those fights. He finishes school day, church day, he goes and waits for you. That's the devil. His devilly persistence, he doesn't stop. And Revelation 12, 12 says, the devil has come down having great wrath to the people of the... So our enemy, the enemy we have, makes us depend as, you know, beyond we, our imagination. You know, I'm, I'm part of what, what you need to know here today, brethren, is it? No matter what you do to me, you are never my enemy. You don't have the capacity to be my enemy. That's the simple truth. You don't have. And I don't have the capacity to be your enemy. That's why the Bible enjoins us to love one another. No matter what my wife, your husband, your wife does to you, they are not your enemy. The real enemy is the devil. But he doesn't have a body. So he walks through bodies. Maybe some Abalanla movies will help. So there are some situations you need to step back and say, why am I fighting the distraction? Are you hearing me? Why am I fighting the distraction? The devil is our enemy. And the second enemy next to the devil is still not your wife or your friend or anybody. It's you. You know, somebody was trying to explain something. You okay? Um, I need a smart person. Please come. Just, Ahmed, come quickly. Quick. Come like you dance now, the way you jump up. Uh-huh. Come. Let me just, hey, you okay? Are you sure? You okay? Now, I grabbed him, you know, strongly now. You know why he's okay? He doesn't have an injury on the hand. If he had a son on this hand, and I just grabbed him and said, I'm at you, okay. What he said, Pastor, Pastor, you hurt me. The second hurt, thank you, is from what you're carrying on you. If you don't have anything inside, it will be difficult for somebody from outside to hurt you. It'll be difficult. So number one enemy is the devil. It's never the people outside. They are instruments, they are tools and all of that. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Spirit will help you mortify the flesh. Kill that enemy within. How many of us have been insulted and we got angry? All of, okay, let me just say me. Because when the way we sit here, we sit like, uh, okay. They insult you, you get angry. Now, let me ask you. That same insult, change who gave the insult. If your professor, while you're defending, a day before you defend your project, insults you, will you tell him, you old man, bald-headed man, get away from here? What will you say to him? Yes, sir. So you can see the insult is not a problem. It's the same way when yellow fever stops you for beating traffic. You say, my friend, go away. When uh, VIO stops, you can shout. When you see uh, Mopo, when they stop, you say, excuse me, um, I was just, uh, you know, I was, uh, um, it's the same you. It's just that for the other one, pride. Your pride took you higher. The other one, your pride took you at par. This one that you were humble before. That's why the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And what will happen? He will have mercy on you. 
and he will lift you up. If we are more humble, we'll be less offended. The solution to my personal problem is my humility. It's not what you do to me. If you ignore me, the reason I feel bad is that I felt I was something. You understand? Imagine if somebody slaps you and say, you fool. And you tell yourself, ah, I have joined the company of Jesus whom they slap for no reason. Will you be sad? But it's only the Holy Spirit that can help you think like that. Somebody comes and says, in my house, I will not tolerate that. How about in your house, you rented it to, the rent is overdue. <laughs> the rent, you are not, you're, you're owing rent and you're harassing your wife. In my, I will not tolerate that. You're owing rent. If you make the mistake of marrying a wife that the mouth is, uh, has gone to the factory. You say, yeah, yeah, man, your maids are living in mansion. You're calling this one bedroom my house. Do you understand? That's how fights will begin. But the truth is this. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The enemy we have makes it essential that you and I are filled with the Holy Ghost. Offenses, insults, all kinds of things. They will have no meaning if the Holy Spirit gives you interpretation. They won't have any meaning. You know, so, someone says to you, ah, I, I, I'm not your mate. And then for the next one month, in fact, it becomes bitterness. Anytime you see the person here, I'm not your mate. Before uncle, why will you be my mate? Do you understand? But it takes the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? It takes the Holy Spirit to help you. That's why we need him. That's why we need him. One of my nephews, you know, the, the mom was harassing him. Why, why did you come 28 or 27 in the class? Maybe class of, of 30 people. Why did you come 27? Why, 27 out of 30. And, and the child said to the mother, why, you're shouting like this. What of the person that came 30? What would the mother do? <laughs> yeah? I beat three people and you're talking like this. <laughs> Somebody said, I need the Holy Spirit. We also will never be able to understand and appreciate the beauty, the power, the wisdom, the loveliness of the Holy Ghost if we don't desire Him, if we're not full of Him. To, to take Him, I tried to find words, I said, to absorb the beauty, you know, just to be able to suck in all that it is. Unless we have this desire, unless we have these encounters, unless, you know, sometimes I tell myself, I remind myself, I, it's, a, it's been long you, you, you cried and yearned and wept for the Holy Spirit. Yes, some of us, if we watch, watch some uh, uh, Z-word, we are crying. Some of us, you know, it's Indian movie, we cry, okay? And the thing just touches you. When last did the Holy Spirit touch you? That you were just crying. You know, it was uh, Kirk Franklin that sang. They say, sometimes when you see me crying, he said, nothing is really wrong. It's just a fellowship. I, I, just, I just can't get enough of him. You understand? How many of us have had that experience? You, you don't, he's beautiful people of God. I'm telling you, you know, I like good things. Do you know? Hey, do you know? That's why I like you because you give me good movies. Okay? Well, the, the Holy Spirit is beautiful. I'm telling you. He's lovely. Do you understand? You, you can't. So it, 
when people sang and said, if the whole world forsakes me, still I will fall. The beauty of the Holy Ghost, the joy of the Holy Ghost. I think it was, was it a Pastor Nid that was saying that the wife says that whenever I quarrel with Jesus, as though you get more spiritual. Because the Holy Spirit is more beautiful than his wife. You understand? They, they, they say, I go kill myself. My wife or my husband annoyed me. It's because you're not friends with the Holy Ghost. Your, your husband has to become jealous. I was telling a young lady, I say every time you're looking for your husband's trouble, it's because you're jobless. There's a way you will fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The man will become jealous and say, nah, baby, baby, how are you? you understand? And this one, they can't, they can't accuse you of anything. Mary had something else with the Holy Ghost, Abby. Your own is just fellowship. You're not becoming... You can just be so... You can just become so satisfied, so, so enthralled. Do you understand? You can just so lose yourself in the Holy Ghost that your spouse will repent. But every morning, you say to you, man, yeah, yeah, man, you have time. You have time. When he sees you early in the morning, you're just singing, You are lovely. You are gentle. Gave supremely. You know, that, you, you know you're just, you did, he, he, he passed, he said, good morning, darling. You're just singing. He will turn and look at you. What is happening in this house? My wife is having an affair. Yes, she's having an affair with the Holy Ghost. You can join. A three-fold cord is not easily broken. But when, 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 when you leave what you should be doing, and you can look at you. You have come down. Do you understand? You have what? Come down. Let me tell you. How many of us have been to Onicha City before? Not my, village, my wife's village so that they don't take my wife back. When you, okay, you, uh, Pastor Lord, you were Onicha people. In Onicha City, the people in the ground floor, eh, they don't quarrel with the people on top and throw water to them. The people on top, if they throw water without quarreling, it comes down a bit. Uh-huh. There is a level you are at. You don't bother yourself. You just go high. Let, if the person down throws water up, it won't get to you. It's when you come down that their water will fall on you. I get it what I'm saying. Don't come down. Go higher. Go higher. I get it. Don't, don't quarrel on their level. They're insulting you. are insulting them back. A man said to a colleague in the office, was boasting. He was very comfortable. Richer than this colleague. And said to him, I have investments, I have investments in, you know, in Apple, I have investments here, I have stocks here, I have money in this investment bank, and I have this. You, you, what you have, you, what you have. And the person looked at him calmly and said, okay, how much do you have in heaven? End of discussion. He said, how much do you have in heaven? How much do you have invested in heaven? And the, the man couldn't speak again. So next time somebody is telling you about what they drive, and what they fly. Ask them a question. He says here. He said the rich is here. What? He said thieves steal. Moth. Rust. Destroys. He said I'd show you where to put your treasures. Where neither moth. Nor rust. Nor anything destroys. You can have treasure there. And the truth is this. If you're born again. You have treasure there. So next time you're depressed about finances. Sit down. Go to the book of Revelation. Read about heaven. Take this song, Welcome to Mount Zion. When you listen to it, say, that's where I'm going on. 
You understand? Say, that's my home. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? We, we must take in the beauty. If we don't, we will shortchange. We'll be shortchanged. L- let me try and, you know, show these two illustrations. And I round up. Very important. I pray that, you know, the Holy Spirit is doing what only he can do. In Acts chapter 8, we, we, many of us w- would have been familiar with this story. Acts chapter 8, please, when you go home, read from verse 4 to 24. We won't be able to read the whole verse, uh, chap- verses. From verse 4 to 24. But what happened here was that Philip went to Samaria and preached. And there was a revival. And, you know, God did mighty wonders, healings, deliverances, all kinds of things there. And there was a man in Samaria whose name was Simon, Simon the sorcerer. And he had been in Samaria before and he was called the power. He was influential. He was mighty. But when he saw a greater power, he himself gave his life to Christ. Praise the Lord. And everything was okay. Now, the apostles sent uh, uh, Peter and John and sent them there to just establish the work that was going on there. When they came there, they saw, okay, these people have believed and they did for them. They ministered to them and what you're learning and they learned, they received the Holy Spirit. Okay? When they received this Holy Spirit, verse 18 now, when the people began to receive the Holy Spirit, Simon was looking at them. Remember, Simon was the... Um, and how many of do you know any native doctor that is very popular? Okay, Sunday Ho. Sunday Ho is a native doctor. Ibo, is he a native doctor or just a customer? You should know, my friend. You are afraid. Okay, so whatever the native doctor was, you know, he was the main person there. When he saw that power passed power, and they were laying hands, you know what he said to them? He said, This thing you have. Let me give you money for it. How many Christians have said that before? These people from the other side, they understand power. That's what I'm saying. He said to them, let me give you money. I want this power you have. I pray you will desire this power. In the name of Jesus. He offered them money and said, I want the Holy Ghost. So that I can dispense This, like you are doing it. This is what is freely given to us. Freely given to us. This is what a sorcerer is saying, let me pay. Let me pay for. Child of God, may our eyes be opened. In the name of Jesus. I say, may our eyes be opened. The second one is in Acts chapter 10. Another Gentile also, just like us. He's a centurion. We know him, uh, you know, Cornelius. The Bible says Cornelius was a good man, devout man. Okay, serving the Lord the best of his ability in fastings and prayers. After some time, you know, the the Bible says the Lord appeared to him and said to him in verse Acts 10, appeared to him, sent an angel to him. Verse 3 says, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers... And your arms have what? Come up for a memorial before me. He said, now send to Joppa and send for Simon, whose son is Peter. He's lodging with Simon Etana, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Okay? So Cornelius sent for Peter. We're going to jump. Please, when you go home, read the entire chapter. When Peter came and was brought into the home of Cornelius, they were waiting. What is this thing that God said I must do? What is this thing that must happen? In verse 31, I'd like you to read verse 31. Let's read it together. It says, and said, Cornelius, he's saying what the angel said. 
Your prayer has been what? Heard. And your arms are remembered in the sight of God. Now, just pause a moment, please. Look at me. Your prayer, one, has been heard. Okay? So, what was Cornelius praying for? What was Cornelius praying for? What was Cornelius praying for? We're going to see what he was praying for because we'll see the answer there. 34, Peter began to preach. 34 says, then Peter opened his mouth and said in truth, he began to speak. Now, verse 44 says, while Peter was speaking, was still speaking, this was, what happened? The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. So, the longing of this man, all the while, he wanted the Holy Spirit. That's the prayer that was heard. That's the prayer that was heard. We now, Christians, who have the Holy Ghost, we are dropping the Holy Ghost. We want breakthrough. We are dropping the Holy Ghost. We want uh, uh, this or that. The one who had everything, the centurion was uh, at least captain of 100 minimum or possibly more. He had everything. What was it? He said, Lord, there's something I need. There's something. And God said, I have heard your prayer. Send for Peter. You're going to get it. While Peter was yet speaking, the Holy Spirit fell. And the Bible says, all those of the circumcision who were there were astonished. As many as came with the Peter. Why? It says, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. For they heard them speak. With tongues and magnify God. This was the high point. This was the goal of Cornelius' prayer. Let's rise on our feet. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. Children, I want the Holy Ghost. Old men, I want the Holy Ghost. Unmarried sister, I want the Holy Ghost. That person in a very delicate job, I want the Holy Ghost. Everybody here, you ought to, you ought to, you ought to. And I want you to begin to talk to him. I want you to begin to ask the father, say, baptize me now. Lord Jesus, you have poured out your spirit. And if you have the Holy Ghost, I'm receiving a fresh infilling. I cannot leave this church the same way. I will not leave this church until you bless me. Not with money. Not with a man, not with a woman, not with a child. I want the Holy Ghost. I want the feeling of the Spirit. I want the promise of God. I want the sum totality of your best. I want that thing that restores me. I want the one that is when I get it, everything changes. I want the one that assures me that I'm a candidate of heaven. I want the one that gives me power with men. I want the one that the sorcerer wanted. I want the one that the centurion prayed for. I want the Holy Ghost. I need you to pray. Is there a hunger in you? Is somebody here determined not to live here the same way? Is somebody here determined, Masila Tasota, that today, 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 Masila Tosala, is there somebody here who heard the word of God? Is there somebody here who has conceived, who is saying, I am not leaving church today. I have come and I must catch the fire. I must catch the fire because under this new covenant, it is useless. It is frustrating. It is a failed work if I don't have the spirit. Listen, child of God, the anointing is here now. 
if you lift up your faith, if you open up your heart, and for some of us, you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, then please, I beg you to come now. Come so that you can receive the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with the forgiveness of sins. And when the blood washes sin away, the next thing is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So anywhere you are here, you have never surrendered your life to Jesus. You have not had your sin forgiven. You have not dipped yourself under the blood of Jesus. Then please, you can do it this morning. Let the blood wash you clean. But if you have, then where you are, ask him to fill you. I cannot be at the same level. I need to get drunk. I need to get drunk. It's not exclusive for some persons. It is for you. It is necessary for the journey. It is necessary for the journey. It is the whole purpose of what Jesus came to do. He came to get you and I ready. He came to get the church ready for the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that is upon us. That will frustrate the wickedness of our generation. It is the fire of the Holy Ghost. That will consume the works of Satan. It is the power of the Holy Ghost. That will dethrone powers, principalities and authorities. You are not yet born again. Please I want to beg you. Come so that we can pray and receive the gift of salvation. But if you are born again wherever you are. I need you to raise your faith. Don't leave this place the same way. Don't operate on the same level. No way. I need power. I need power.